1: Diving further into the Road of His Triflex rankings and ADP with Sean Siegel on Road of His Overtime. That's what we're jumping into on today's episode. We did our Monday edition. We looked through pretty much all of Round 1. It was Tier 1, though, in Sean's rankings. Running through the names that we did discuss in that is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert as the quarterbacks. We had two wide receivers in the mix. That was Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. And then the last player we talked about was a running back. It was john robinson that was tier one of the rankings as sean went through them we talked about some of the tools on that monday edition talking through the different ways you can check the rankings on the website whether it's by format whether it's by just rankings in general by position or one of my personal favorites by draft grid so we are going to go through it on today's show as we jump into tier two which is pretty much round two and this conversation that we're having was kind of inspired by a listener question that came in asking about kyler murray so between all the quarterbacks we talked about on the Monday edition, the ones we're going to talk about today and today will include Kyler Murray. it will kind of give an idea of that, but also our overall thoughts on the quarterback position heading into 2023 and I guess heading beyond 2023 because we're looking at this from the dynasty perspective. Sean, this is episode 596 of the Road of His Overtime podcast. I mentioned this towards the end of the last episode. I always wonder how long people stick through to hear those final couple of lines, People do send emails that say have a good one in it. So I assume that people listen right to those final words. Well, you've but...
2: got some enthusiasts who like your. I think people
1: sometimes and... come just to listen to those final couple of
2: words. Probably. Like, they they Probably. click in
1: just to get their, their fill in. You that get animal. a lot of
2: clips on that on Twitter where people are just like, they've clipped that out and it's just you saying have a good one.
1: Mainly emails. Of shares. Mainly emails, but I'm hoping that uh, maybe that's... We we did our clip this week, Sean, where we did the 0.00 seconds in our latest draft where the clock ran completely out. People love that one. So maybe we'll do one now with all the the out rows. That's the, the way moving forward. But we are approaching episode 600, probably in the next week we hit that, which is a pretty crazy number to think about when we look through, Sean, all the episodes that we have done. I know there's some episodes in there where they're split into drafts and so on, but 600 is is a a pretty high number of podcasts to do but let's uh let's get into the content for today which is going to be callum are you saying that
2: there every once in a while you look at that 600 number you're like man i just wish i had all those hours of my life back
1: yeah i had a lot more hair sean i think (laughs) when we started these podcasts i often joke that uh with my daughter that i had a lot more hair when uh she was born and this weekend actually a fun story I, i i've made up these books they're like yearbooks of each year of her life and she turned five recently so I got a new one made but I was going through the ones yesterday from year one and year two with her and like she's she was just laughing with all like my hair I have like a fringe it's up in the air and uh, now there's very little hair follicles left
2: uh, so that is just the way things go but Sean
1: does it I don't go through the it...
2: years too where you're like now this one here you were one and Sean timed out on a pick I didn't get any say on that one and this here, you were two, Sean timed out on a pick, and you didn't get any say on that one.
1: I don't know, Sean, if it's the picks, if it's the podcast episodes, or if it's having a child. Probably a combination of all of those things mixed together. But, yeah, hopefully I'm not t- t- taking out those, you know, timed out picks on uh, on horror while we're looking through these books. But we'll see. What, maybe, maybe that is what is happening. But, Sean, you mentioned in the show previous that Lamar Jackson may jump from tier one into tier two with justin herbert potentially moving the other way i believe that was the way that we finished up but when we look into the adp first of all the way things completely go at the end of that round one and the current adp is lamar jackson justin fields jamar chase Bijan robinson then you're into deshaun watson anthony richardson cd lamb then as the wide receiver three you get dak prescott as the quarterback 11 and then you're into aj brown and kyler murray who we are going to discuss a little bit on today's show. That varies a little bit with with how you rank and see, particularly the quarterback position.
2: Yeah. So once we get to the end of the stars, then I think you have to look really closely at what you want to do the rest of the way because you have so many different options for replacing those points, and you can go with a hybrid approach of taking on some veterans who because the quarterback position does have the longevity that tends to elevate the prices on these guys something we talked about in the previous show guys who are somewhat unappealing because they're older players but still have a decent window in the future and you have to get a little bit of a feel for you know, just how likely the collapse is. But one of the things that we have witnessed now is it doesn't really matter how poorly Baker Mayfield plays. Quarterbacks are in demand enough and he has been good enough and he was drafted early enough that he's going to get a chance somewhere else. Doesn't mean that Baker Mayfield should be, you know, one of your targets this year. I mean, Not really, probably. He's quarterback 33 in my rankings. That's not a player that we're targeting. But you think about where he is. You think about what has happened recently with Jared Goff, where he almost played himself out of the league, and now he's back to where, in one of my leagues a week and a half ago, he was traded for the 109. And, I mean, you could argue that he should have gotten even more compensation based on what he's likely to score over the next year, and then what his age is. Where, imagine that he has a season like Derek Carr where his team actually benches him at the end and goes in a different direction. Obviously, they have Hendon Hooker. Well, Derek Carr is now in a better situation for 2023 than he was last year in 2022. I mean, Goff wouldn't necessarily be in a better situation, but these guys are going to score points, and they probably still have a long time in the NFL. The hybrid strategy then isn't just Adding some of those guys to the back of your roster but you also have players like Desmond Ritter who now is surrounded by two elite receiving weapons and probably the best running back in football a little bit early to say that since we haven't seen Robinson play at the NFL level but a crazy amount of talent around him you have Sam Howell who actually brings a rushing element as opposed to quarterbacks who are given credit for it and don't necessarily we can talk about that in a second but he is surrounded by by very good talent you have kenny pickett who is probably the best pick right now in all of best ball surrounded by very good talent those guys second year players who could break out you have guys like mac jones who were actually pretty good as rookies and now are extremely inexpensive because of the 2022 season. And it's not to say you shouldn't consider the 2022 season. 2022 season is extremely valuable in terms of having intel on what's going to happen in the future. It's much more highly predictive of 2023 than other seasons are. But when you're looking at Mac Jones, his age, what he did as a rookie, what he did in his final year of college football, the fact that now he's going to get a legitimate offensive coordinator again, he's somebody that you can put in there. Now it's not to say that you're going to rely on any of these individuals by themselves, but there are so many things you can do inexpensively to create a QB position where the upside is asymmetrical. So your price versus the risk reward is so skewed in your favor that it's difficult not to come out ahead in the long run, but it's also difficult not to come out ahead in the short and intermediate term as well. So we're looking at that. If you're going to select a QB who is not a star, ahead of stars at wide receiver and running back that's that's difficult right so then you got to decide well who's a star so we look at the adp here and as you mentioned deshaun watson the last pick in round one he's been a star he struggled badly last year he's surrounded by mediocre talent we know that a lot of these guys who have had long suspensions have come back and never been the same i think that he probably is going to turn it around and at least offer enough hybrid upside to be in that range i have him at the 205 which is essentially saying he should be a target but because his adp is out of control he's not a target the next player there anthony richardson will go over him in a second dak prescott the 203 kyler murray at the 205 i have kyler murray at 204 so again that's right in the appropriate range for him the question about murray that we got from our listener, I think that it basically just comes down to how he's being priced in your league. Because you definitely get the impression that you can pick him up at a price that doesn't reflect that startup ADP in a lot of situations, and you probably should. At the same time, you get the impression that there are people more or less paying the price of the 107 to 109 range. And in that case, you should sell. You want to get rid of all of that risk and turn it into depth, turn it into a different QB, turn it into just a a more coherent way to play your dynasty roster. So I think the fun thing about Murray is that he's both a buy and a sell because he's going to have wildly varying prices in different leagues. Dak Prescott is bizarre to me. Where we had him ranked far lower last year, he scored at a far lower range, I have him as the first pick in round four. Now that's still QB 13. That's not that far away from where he is at QB 11. But again, I think it gives a sense of where we believe the tier breaks are and how you should play that versus what the community is currently doing. The biggest exploitable element of dynasty right now is that the quarterbacks outside of that top tier. And, and again, we're like everybody else, seven of the top, nine guys in our rankings i should say eight of the top 10 guys are quarterbacks so we're not out on quarterback we're not out on elite quarterback anyone who wants to know how that translates into best ball michael dubner has a great article up on the site about that that'll really help you think through the different elements on the way you want to play that in your underdog leagues but when we're thinking about this to me the second and third tiers of quarterback are wildly overvalued and one of the good examples i think is probably anthony richardson a guy who was not one of the first two picks at qb he does go off obviously very early to an indianapolis team that we think will be fairly well coached and will be a good fit for him but he's not surrounded by elite talent at the receiving positions and he's someone who Probably will take some time to get where he needs to be if he ever does Now the early returns have been good people have been raving about his pocket presence and this I think is an interesting one column because This can kind of point in a couple of different directions you and I are not huge college football fans, but we go very deep into the research with the sports info solutions stats we have a lot of people on the staff both in the recent past and in the present who we rely on for great insights, both research and scouting-based. So analytics and scouting on that end. And one of the interesting things when you talk about Anthony Richardson is that he has this really low sack rate. And a lot of people think that that is indicative of great pocket presence. Our... College football experts don't agree. And one of the things that Travis said on the show, and if you have any interest in going a little deeper on this, definitely check out the show with Travis. He's fantastic all the time. But somebody who throws the ball away when there's not pressure, throws the ball away early, that's going to help you avoid sacks. And at the same time, that's almost the last thing that you want from a quarterback where the entire thesis for him going at this in this area is the athleticism you don't want that guy throwing the ball away you want that guy taking off and creating rushing points he didn't do that in college is he going to do it at the NFL level I mean that's the thing that is really fascinating and it'll be interesting to see what the coaching staff wants him to do because on the previous show one of the things we discussed was this tension between QB scoring and QB injuries if you have a young QB, who is good at eliminating sacks, that's going to help you avoid the negative plays that destroy these drives for young players. If you avoid those negative plays, then you can probably keep him out there on the field in situations where if he's taking a bunch of sacks, you, you just have to pull him because he can't pass, right? Right. The flip side of that is that that doesn't score you fantasy points and the way to move the chains for anthony richardson is going to be to pull the ball down and run it especially on third down so that'll be the fun thing to track at the nfl level a bit interesting thing to watch in the preseason anthony richardson has such massive upside and could be a guy who next year is being drafted in the 104 range that he's somebody we could easily miss on and it would be a huge miss for us. At the same time, it's borderline insane that he's being priced like this after having been a poor college football player and before he has done things at the NFL level. People are buying him ahead of CeeDee Lamb, who is a borderline star, ahead of A.J. Brown, who is a superstar, ahead of Garrett Wilson, who just had an extraordinary rookie season, ahead of Jalen Waddell, who (laughs) has just had two incredible seasons is one of the most athletic players in the entire NFL and in his final years in college had insane in just I mean I've said insane twice now but you think of it in both directions insane yards per route numbers for him and the reason I bring that up is that I do think that it's relevant when you're looking at guys and their track record when you stretch back over many seasons They've been a star every single time. So, when we're dealing with that type of player, you're going to take an unproven guy who was bad in college ahead of them. You're taking him ahead of Brees Hall, who looked like the best running back in the NFL last year and was an absurd player at the college level. You're taking him ahead of Jonathan Taylor, who. Every time he touches the ball, could score a 70-yard touchdown. And again, was an extraordinary player stretching back over every season. Right? You're taking him ahead of Kyler Murray, who has been a high-scoring hybrid player at the NFL level. You could argue that's justified because, again, <laughs> Kyler Murray has torched dynasty teams by consistently getting hurt. But you're also taking him ahead of bryce young who was the number one overall pick and is much more this transcendent type of college player now the interesting thing with bryce young and the reason that he was not a target for us either and one of the things that's interesting here where we had this debate and blair and i selected jamar gibbs and jackson smith and jigba at 102 and 103 in our triflex when we weren't able to move down and you think about that debate between those guys And the two quarterbacks who actually have the adps at the 102 and the 103 when you're just thinking about those four players there's maybe not enough context but when you look at it in terms of the round two and round three adp and startups you have a lot more guys to put into this overall context when you're looking at it in the top couple of tiers round two round three and then the tier breakdowns in the rankings again a lot more guys and so We can add nuance to that one of the things that jumps out in terms of bryce young versus those two players when we're valuing them is the contrast between where those guys are being valued in best ball we've done some shows in the past talking about how best ball can give you some real insights into what you want to do in dynasty and some people will point out well the best ball that you're talking about the big bbm4 tournament is not super flex but where the QBs go in relation to each other. Gives you a lot of intel. Bryce Young, not a target in best ball at all. And it's not just by us. That's what ADP is is suggesting. If the community is not anticipating a good rookie season from a fantasy perspective from Bryce Young, and they are for Gibbs and they are for JSN, both of those guys are expensive. Then when we look a year out and think about dynasty values, Yes, there's a case that to be made that young will be ascending at that point and the running back will already be a year older. So even though Gibbs is very young, you know, his window for playing and then trading, we always talk about how you need to have a multi-year window to play them and then still be able to trade them at peak value to do perpetual reloading, but he'll be a year older. JSN maybe could even fall because he's in there with Metcalf and Lockett and you still have these questions about Geno Smith, even though we love Geno Smith, you have to have questions. It would be a denial of reality to not recognize the risk that is still there. But if we have big seasons from Gibbs and JSN and not a big season from Young, which is what ADP and redraft and best ball is telling us, then you're going to have a move in terms of their dynasty values that is not favorable for Young. and is favorable for the other two guys. That in and of itself shows that you have an exploitable opportunity here in the second round of these dynasty startups.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: The other thing, Sean, to note as we move through, and I think you've covered everything fantastically as we've gone through that portion, but when we're looking at the ADP and some of the opportunities to exploit the quarterbacks that you mentioned there, the likes of Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, and so on, it isn't necessarily even the players and where they're going, but in terms of the number of players at that position going, where they're going, if we look through the opening two rounds to the 211, 211, we have CJ Stroud, quarterback 14 going in that spot and then we look through your ranking cj Stroud is the quarterback 14 but he's going at the 403 in these drafts and you mentioned you know for example with anthony richardson or dak prescott the players that you have to step over to take those players and that point obviously i did mention this on the last show but sometimes we're talking about zero rb strategy it's trying to not grab that player who's at the end of a tier unless you're getting kind of the the elite option at that particular point And that feels like what we're doing here in terms of ADP at these points where people are grasping at a Dak Prescott, for example, uh, trying to really reach on Anthony Richardson. You can't get the established veteran, so we're going for a rookie, but we're kind of betting on him hitting that ceiling projection in terms of the range of outcomes. We look through it, quarterback nine is the only quarterback that you have going in the second round. And what's interesting for me in this, Sean, is that the rankings are pretty much player for player, in round one, there are some of them in slightly different orders that we talked about in the Monday episode. But it, really, in round two, we only have the one quarterback going. The question that came in was about Kyler Murray. He is the quarterback nine going in that range. But CD Lamb is the 201, then Brees Hall, and Jonathan Taylor, Jalen jo- uh, Waddle, Jamar Gibbs, AJ Brown, Christian McCaffrey, JSN, T Higgins, then Murray, then Olave, then Amon Ross St. Brown, then we get into Anthony Richardson at the 301, which is full round after current adp so in those circumstances very unlikely that we will be drafting him because of the players again that you would have to be skipping over to take the one thing i i find interesting i want to get your thoughts on is obviously we've touched on zero rb you mentioned this on the i believe it was on the monday episode that we don't step over running backs that have that elite upside that elite talent and while there was only one running back in your round or your tier one There is four running backs in tier two, which gives you five in those top two tiers. That is Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan taylor Brees Hall, and Jamar Gibbs to go along with Bijan Robinson. But when we get to Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the second round and running back five, at that point, there is only the six wide receivers off the board in terms of A.J. Brown at the the running back six. Then after that, it, it does get a lot more wide receiver versus running back heavy. Do you just see those guys standing out as such talents at the running back position or is there a tear break there also for you at the wide receivers in round
2: two exactly and you put it very well which is that we don't want to chase points because we're out of position with a draft slot and the way that you do that is to move to the position where you're going to get the studs so for me you have these five running backs really separate and because they do you still want to have some exposure there anytime that you have a seismic shift in the way people are looking at fantasy there are going to be advantages and disadvantages there are going to be corrections that make everything more efficient which is what you see big picture with this sea change and this move in the direction of valuing wide receivers more highly across formats. But there are also going to be some potential advantages that pop up and some exploitable opportunities, some players who slide to you who might not have otherwise. When we're looking at the talent level for these running backs, Brees Hall and Jonathan Taylor, similar talents to Robinson and Probably should still be ahead of him, if not for the injury situations they're coming off of Christian McCaffrey still has that chance to have a season or two where he scores even 27 points per game, maybe a perfect year where he pushes 30. You want to have some exposure to that. Jameer Gibbs has been both exciting and controversial. You have him land in the situation with DeAndre Swift and then Swift moves, and suddenly you're looking at it like, okay, well, the Lions are going to make this guy their Christian McCaffrey. And if that's the case, you need to have some exposure there. And again, in all formats, Blair has a great article up on the site talking about how Gibbs is the most undervalued player in all of fantasy. He's got some great arguments in there, a variety of different types of evidence to back up that particular claim. So when I'm looking at my rankings here, we get to the running back five and the wide receiver five spot at about the same juncture. You have Gibbs and Waddle right there, side by side. Then we have a stretch of wide receivers. We fall to the next point where a Saquon Barkley, still a huge talent. I think that those guys slot in there as being interesting players. But once we get that done. We do go through a stretch where the next running back, the running back eight. So we have running back eight. We have running back nine with ETN and Stevenson. We have those guys after the wide receiver 22. So that gives the sort of overall sense of where we are with the two positions. The foundation of your team has to be those young upside wide receivers.
1: And I think uh, it is, you know, again, I would recommend for anyone that's listening to this that wants to check it out, go to the rotavis.com website, go to the ADP, go to the rankings, open yourself two tabs. If you're like Sean, open your on multiple screens to be able to look through them and see the differences. But it is very, very different at both the quarterback position and the running back position. And then the wide receiver kind of position, as you would expect, is, is more in there. But uh, the reason I brought it up is there's such a, closeness to the mid-second round and then it just uh, changes completely after that point and um i think it's a very valuable thing for people to look through we may go through those other rounds sean and upcoming shows but i think i just wanted to put that teaser there for people to head on over and check that so we have gone through the two tiers which basically as i mentioned opens up those opening two rounds of adp anything sean as we get ready to close up today's show that you want to sprinkle in around those opening two
2: rounds just want to mention again that Bjorn Yang Burnett has an awesome article out on Dynasty Startups, the trade opportunities that exist, how to exploit the positional differences in terms of how players hold trade value, what you should do. Love that piece. There is a good chance that I will do a startup with Bjorn and or with Michael Hitchcock. We've been kind of you know, working through how we want to do that. It's, uh, I wouldn't say grueling, but after having done the variety of startups the last several years having done the six rookie drafts just recently and there are a lot of trade offers that go out and come back as you well know we'll colin we'll see exactly where these next startups come from but i just i can't wait to get into some more dynasty startup drafts in this format and oh one little note that i did want to have because basically we're talking about this from a universal perspective and the triflex format gives us the perfect scoring and starting lineup situation to discuss Dynasty in general. But for anybody who is getting ready to do a startup specifically in the Triflex, one of the rules here is that you can only draft three QBs at the most. And so if anything, we should see QB ADP deflated here because you can't get locked out or it's at least very difficult to get locked out at the QB position because you won't have that manager or two in your league who wants to draft five of the top 20 qbs and then puts pressure on everybody else since you can only draft three you have so many opportunities late so specifically for startup drafters in the triflex format keep that in mind
1: yeah very good point to finish up on and looking forward to seeing sean you mentioned about the the startups and when you're going through these it feels like there's exploitable opportunities versus the adp to to jump in and it it doesn't help when you're trying not to scratch at it to uh put it you know right in the forefront but highly recommend anyone that's jumping in to the triflex leagues head on over look at the adp look at the rankings as well help get you set up for success and those we did our monday show as i mentioned a few times we went through the tier one head back check that out if you haven't done so already Make sure you hit that subscribe button to get our podcast once they are available. And I guess with that said, Sean, all that is left to do is to sign off from today's show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host as always, is always Sean Siegel. Check out his work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one.